One of the most important facets of any business is customer service. In business, you are not only selling a product or a service, but an experience. Providing exceptional customer service and developing real relationships with your clients means increased sales, retain customers, new customers via word of mouth, and a positive reputation. You're listening to the Focus on Customer Experience Podcast. Podcast. Benjamin Del Grosso gives you the ins and outs of one of the most underlooked aspects in business today. Improve your customer service and watch your business skyrocket. Two, one. Benjamin Del Grosso. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have John Lee. He's from the greater Pittsburgh area in the United States. And uh, he uh, builds, well, actually, you know what, John, why don't you let us know exactly what you do? Sure. Hey, Benjamin, thanks for having me on your show. I am a small business owner of an, a mobile app agency, and we build mobile apps on the App Store and Google Play, uh, specifically for podcasters. So they can have your, their own app um, on those app stores, branded for their own name, and it works on iPhones and Android phones. Yeah, I, I was looking at it. It looks pretty cool. Uh, you actually, it looks like you could actually link all your YouTube. You could have what, like your website or something like that, all linked to it as well. And Yeah, so the idea there is to have like a one-stop shop for all the things going on with your business. As a podcaster, you are a content business owner. You've probably got the podcast, but also maybe video and a blog, probably got a website, maybe selling merchandise. So all these um, aspects of the business can be brought into one place inside the app. And the app is on the phones of your listeners. It's like a, a front door to your shop. So you can communicate with them directly and send push notifications and it's a direct channel to your potential customer. Your listeners are potential customers is the way I see it. And it's the value of it is it's, a, it's the fastest way to convert a listener to a customer because they just got to open up the app, they'll listen to a podcast and be one type away from buying something or signing up to something, which is what helps your business. Yeah, I was just thinking about this. Like I go to people's houses and I install dash cameras on site and I show them how it all works. But sometimes you leave and they forget. And I always try and push them to go to our support tab on our website, but they're already downloading an app when I'm there. If I got them to download another app that was like a safe drive solutions app, and then they notice, Hey, there's podcasts available on here. Hey, look, there's how to videos and how to pair my phone to the dash camera, how to download a video. If it also has all that information on them, right. It'd be pretty kind of cool. So I was just thinking about this because there's you know, part of uh, I'm part of this networking group, which I was telling you about off camera. And it's all about we want to try and add extra value uh, to our clients. Right. We want to separate ourselves from the competition and, and always be, you know, leveling up. Right. Instead of just being, you know, we took your money. See you later. Right. You yeah. know, we want to create a, a positive customer experience. And, and I'll be honest, this kind of has me thinking, you know, hmm. I wonder if I did something like this where, hey, also download this app. Why would I want to download that? Well, it actually has all the how-to videos of how to do it. And also associated with our brand has our podcast, which is focused on customer experience. So if you like listening to podcasts, you want to listen to me talk more, or if you don't, just don't listen to it, right? But, you know, we could actually put all it in there. So it'd be, and, it'd be interesting. And it's got a button. 
where they can talk to you. So if they have trouble and you know they can't find your phone number, or they can't find your email address, just open up the app, send you a direct message, and now you're communicating immediately with your customers, re-engaging them, nurturing that relationship. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because you're going to homes anyway and having them install an app for the dash cam. Why not put a self-help app right next to it where they can yeah, they can ping you whenever they need you and it's a direct line. Yeah, that's cool. So so on this kind of stuff, like when you're doing these for clients, do they have like control to add and change or is it all like your control, right? No, it's, it's just like we were talking about WordPress before. It's a content management system. So all my clients get an admin login. They come in as an admin. They can manage the content themselves inside. To be honest, most of my customers are not that tech savvy. So I do most of that for them and I make sure the app is functioning and looking good and performing well. But if you have the, the familiarity and the comfort level to go in there and add screens, uh, remove screens, customize look and feel, it's a full-fledged uh, content management system. Yeah, like like I was telling you about, about a guy within my group who's in like the stock market and he's got this cool YouTube channel and he's going to start a podcast, right? And like he could easily have like a stock market tips for this day, da 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 like you could, you could really utilize that, especially with the, if you have a big following, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. You can send push notifications to the app as well. So yeah. if you're sending a tip a day, that'll be just a, a ping on the phone. They'll see the notification come up. They can tap on it. It can open up the app to a particular screen, maybe an article um, that fleshes out that tip. Lots of ways to think about using an app for marketing and being engaging customers. Yeah, so it's your, what you're basically doing is funneling everything to one area. So, right, instead of going, go to my YouTube channel via this link and go to my website via this link. If you want to call me, go to this link. You literally are taking everything and just jumbling it all into one, right? And trying to make it, trying to make it easier. And people are already, you know, comfortable using apps on their phone. And so, you know, if you put it right next to the dash cam one... <laughs> I mean, that makes yes. so much sense to me, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I've heard a better use case than the one you just talked about because you, you're you going to your customers' homes and you're there on their phone already. It just doesn't get easier than that to get an app on someone's phone. You're almost doing it for them. Most podcasters are saying at the end of their episodes, we've got our own app. Find us on the apps around Google Play and they're encouraging their listeners to download the app, maybe with incentives, exclusive content, some kind of a, a reason to do that, but you're right there. Uh, that's just, it, it sounds like a no brainer to have them download your app so you can. Yeah, you can do, you can do all sorts of stuff, right? So on top of that, uh, when you start thinking about like opportunities, you know, you have, you know, think about all these people who have like these Wi-Fi systems with like Google Nest and stuff in their house mm -hmm. or Alexa's and they hire somebody to personally to do that now you can have somebody come out so this is like you know like this is the focus on customer experience podcast so the way i'm looking at it it's like you're trying to positively find another way to make it a better customer experience and and you know what i find nowadays is the way we communicate and talk to each other is so different than what we used to a lot of people like to be self-sufficient they like to just search google for the answers 
you know, even like, like I had a guy the other day I did an install for, and he goes, well, I won't call you because that's just bugging you. I'm like, it's not bugging me. I mean, I, I, that's customer service I provide. You want to call, text, email me, you know, contact mm-hmm. me. That's who I am. That's, that's my, you know, that's my Benjamin Del Grosso, right? Like that, that's who my business is all about, right? Is taking care of the client. So don't be afraid to, to reach out to me. But I think a lot of people, they want to be self-sufficient. So if you have uh, another tool where they can just do it on their own, you're providing value to them, right? Absolutely. And if you already have like self-help videos you've made that are short and clear, it's easier for the customer to just browse, find the one they need, get the information they need and you know, configure their dash cam or fix a bug um, and not call you. But they need a way to access that. So I think, yeah, um, like back in the day, maybe people would be about business cards. Here's my business card. My contact info is there. Keep it. Um, reach out to me when you need me. But maybe the new business card is here's my app. Like it's on your phone. You can, you can uh, tap into it and see and reach me whenever you need me and get the information you need right there. Yeah, you could do all sorts of little cool things to the app too like I, I, I don't know i just had this weird thought you could have like jazz or something like that you know nighttime lullabies or something like that <laughs> yeah, <there's laughs> all a, sorts of cool things you could probably uh, add into it as added value right so yeah. there's a live stream uh feature so you can if you have a, um, a internet radio streaming url it'll it'll pull that in so people can just press play and hear whatever you want to uh, give them it can be jazz music it can be your podcast on streaming yeah it's it's pretty flexible yeah some interesting interesting ideas there um we were talking about off camera the struggles of starting a business and and like the struggles of being an entrepreneur and, and i know you and i both talked about uh some of the challenges that that happen when you're starting a business um some of the so a lot of times there's people who say they're the industry expert and they, they take advantage of new entrepreneurs. Right. And a lot of times people even vouch for these people saying, yeah, they're, they're the professional, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to name names, but yeah. Uh, I, when we all start out, we don't know anything like I didn't know anything. Like I'm, I was so ignorant of what it took to start a business, what it took to run a business, uh, how to work with third parties, vendors, um, the amount of negotiation involved with working with a contractor. So when I started the journey, like it wasn't the current business that I'm in now. I tried to make my own app, my own podcast app. And I worked with an agency and their website looked great. And I a friend of mine recommended them because he had seen their maybe ad pop up on a Google ads result. And so we had the conversation. Long story short, I ended up spending thousands of dollars trying to build an app that I wanted to launch on the app stores. And it never launched, it never could launch because the quality of it was not there. It wasn't good enough to launch. Um, and if you go to their website, even today, the website is slick, like it looks really good. It's well-designed, their marketing is just off the charts. It's convincing and they've got customer testimonials, but 
it just it feels to me like they're they've built a business that's growing and growing based on the ignorance of first-time entrepreneurs who are so passionate and so excited about what they want to build and release into the world uh, yeah it, it just frustrates. it makes me sad and it's, fr it's frustrating to see um that kind of a business growing um and my personal experience with them but yeah really just terrible. they're really trying to what usually happens is you're you're in an emotional state of mind, right? Because I've looked back at my challenges of when I first launched, right? And you're in this emotional thinking where you're like, oh, my dream's going to come to life, right? So you get excited about it. And, you know, what ended up happening with me is it was this price. And then it was, well, you want this option, don't you? And then it was like, boom, they add on, you know, another three grand here. And you're like, well, yeah, of course I want that option. Why wouldn't I? That's like the newest, latest, greatest technology, right? And next thing you know, it just starts adding up. And yeah. then you get the finished product and you want to think it's like the greatest thing and you're excited at first. And then the more you you look at it, you're like, oh man, like I could have got someone to build this on Fiverr for 500 bucks. And next thing you know, well, maybe not 500 bucks, everything's everybody. But for me, that's what it was for the website. It got delivered, right? And I'm going, this was like recommended by people that I trust. This was recommended by people, you know, there's all these, you know, people saying this is amazing. This is great. There's all these testimonials. The, these got high reviews. And I'm going, like, what just happened here, right? Right, right. And, you know, it just seems like, yeah, when you're an entrepreneur, I, th I think what happens is it's that kind of like that chasing the, the get rich quick scheme, right? A lot of them tell you do this and you'll be live and you'll be flying in three months. And, you know, they, they're really good at selling you on it. Right. Yeah. And, and we're very vulnerable at that point of just believing it because I wanted to start my business so bad. Like I started way before I should have just because like I wanted to do it. I wanted to jump in. I wanted to get started. Yeah, so it's a it's a vulnerable place to be in, but at the same time, you, I've learned so much, so much from the beginning, um, three years ago to where I am now. It's a constant learning challenge journey. You never stop learning um, because you've got to learn a lot of stuff that you depended on on others in the past. If you've got like a normal job, there are different departments, right? Work you can work with marketing, you can work with sales, you can work with customer service. Um, I'm a one-man shop, right? I've had to learn all this to run my own business. And it's been great. The learning is worth the, the money that went into it initially. And now it's paying for itself. Still not a big business, but it's a side business that I'm running on top of a full-time job. So uh, for me right now, it's, it's mainly an educational thing. It's helping me learn and stay on top of my game. And hopefully it'll grow and the word will spread so that it becomes more and more a bigger part of my, my professional life. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I look at that, you know, that $15,000 I spent for this guy to build a website to deliver to me a $500 website. And, and, you know, I can look at it as like, that guy screwed me, that guy took advantage of me, and, and I could focus on that and, and let it eat me up inside kind of thing, right? But after about six months, I just kind of realized that, you know what? That guy did me the best favor in the world by not delivering me a good product because I had to learn. I had to self-teach myself WordPress. I had to self-teach myself how to write blogs. I had to teach myself how to manage an e-commerce website, right? 
I had to teach myself like every little thing. I had to learn Yoast SEO. If you know what Yoast mm-hmm. SEO is, I had to learn so much. And I was watching video after video after video after video, right? And I mean, you make you make these things. So I, I can look at it and go, that guy screwed me. But at the same time, I wouldn't have learned all this stuff or forced myself to learn all of these things if I didn't, right? Yeah. right? Learning is not an option as an entrepreneur. It's just part of the journey. If you want to be successful, you're just, you're going to have to learn a lot of stuff very quickly. It never stops, but we get stronger. We get, become more capable human beings. We become um, able to deliver more value. So, so so let's talk. You've gotten your business. You had some struggles early on. I had some struggles early on. It's life of an entrepreneur, right? So, you know, for for your business, how, what is your experience like? If, if somebody, somebody like myself, for instance, comes up to you and says, hey, you know what? I want to add an app to my business. What's that experience like? Like, is there an onboarding process? Yeah. Is, there, is there a one-on-one video to make sure that it's the right call, the right fit? Like, what's, mm-hmm. walk me through kind of your process and your experience to clients. Yeah, so right now it's pretty manual because it's just me. Uh, we do have a website, custommobile.app, so folks can go on there and check out what we do. But if you click through and sign up, it takes you to our Patreon page. Podcasters know Patreon. I've got a Patreon page. And if you sign up at one of two tiers, then you're my patron. You become a monthly member of my Patreon. Um, I send an initial onboarding message through Patreon, and we communicate through Patreon from that point forward. And I gather some information. What do you want the app to be called? What's your primary website? What are your web properties that you want in the app as well? And then I will draft an app for you. It'll take a couple of days, two or three days to draft an app. I send you a login so you can log in to the admin portal. You can preview the app. There's an emulator in there. So you can click play, navigate the app uh, on your, uh, your desktop or laptop. And then we go back and forth to get it looking and feeling just the way you want. So until you're happy with it, uh, we're not done tweaking it. And once you're happy with it, then I'll start prepping it to publish to the app stores. Um, So uh, Apple App Store and Google Play, those are the two app stores we publish to. And from from the point where we're happy with it, we start the publishing process, it can take about two weeks to get to the app stores for Apple to finally review it and approve it and it's live. So I wanna say end to end, it can take about a month from the first Patreon sign up to us communicating, getting the app stores right to being live in the app stores. And um, so because there's that month like lead time, I usually give my customers a one month free trial. So I'll refund them the first month. Let's just build the app, see if you like it. And if you're happy with it, then we can continue on. So try to lower that barrier of entry as, as low as possible so they can make a good decision with the final product. So when you, so when somebody goes, gets an app done through you and, and it gets, um, you know, obviously put on the Play Store and the App Store, is that like, do you look after making sure they're always updated and up to speed and, yep. and playing by Apple's rules and all that kind exactly. of stuff, right? Yeah, we, so we're taking all of that overhead off the entrepreneur, off the podcaster. It's just like a WordPress account. If you build your website on WordPress, uh, they'll take care of up, updating the software, making sure it's, there are patching bugs and vulnerabilities. 
that it's performing. So we're taking care of all of that back end. So that on the front end, your listeners are downloading the app and it's working well and it, it's look, it looks good. Um, you can just focus on the content. Hmm. It's, it sounds definitely interesting the, the how you're kind of doing it and how it works and but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very, I'm very uh, techy. I like playing with stuff. So you know, as long as there's always a, um, uh, as long as you have that kind of uh, control, you know, that that's the kind of stuff I like. I hate when I have no control over something. You know, yep. it's like the supply chain, right? Like if you can't get product because the supply chain's just going to take three months to get here. Well, you have no control over that. Like, like, uh, kind of, my brother is in, is, uh, working in Texas right now and literally they can't continue doing the work they need to do because they're waiting for materials to get there. And it's like, literally he's getting paid to be on call for about a month and a half. Right. And, and instead of him actually working on the project, like they, like they should be, he's on call. Right. So yeah, but he has no control over that. You can't control mm-hmm. that the supply chain's held up to get the product that's needed, right? Yeah, so. yeah for the apps, um, there's some shared control. So the content creator, yourself, you can go in and you can update any of the content and publish that on demand. So that'll go live on all downloaded apps within about 20, 30 minutes. But for the bigger upgrades, like if we're going to do a platform upgrade or a maintenance upgrade, that requires a resubmission to the app stores. So that's something that I would do on behalf of the podcaster and that can take a couple of days, but content stuff, just like WordPress, you can push a button and it goes live in about 20, 30 minutes. So near real time. Hmm. Nice. Have you, uh, so do you have your own podcast as well? I don't No, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't listen to Oh, okay. I just, I just thought I'd ask. I wasn't sure. Right. So um, just kind of thinking here, is, is there a book you've read that has influenced your life? Uh, sure. Lots of books. I mean, this sounds kind of weird, but the book I read every day is the Bible. And so, I mean, I have to say in terms of influence, that's definitely influenced my life more than any other book. Um, but yeah, I mean, there have been books here and there that I've um, resonated with like Atomic Habits was a book I read a couple of years ago. My boss bought me that book. I, I really felt that was a, a good, uh, a, a, I took some good takeaways from that um, in terms of just focusing on the behavior, not the end goal, um, focusing on enjoying maybe activities for their own sake. And then like the outcomes will come. Don't worry about the outcomes. Just focus on the habit, forming that daily habit. Yeah, something good. Uh, something I'm reading right now is "Start with Why" from Simon Sinek, yeah. right? And I don't know if you've read that, but like my buddy and I, we were chatting the other day, uh, like like a month ago or something like that. And he's like, "So you have your business?" And he's like, "So why are you doing this?" And he kept asking me like, "Why?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Because you have to." He goes, because he goes, once you realize your why of why you're doing like why you're doing this, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot more meaning to it. He goes, so he goes, because I like doing business with people where their why makes sense instead of just why do you do this? I just do this to make money. Right. Oh, yeah. So, right. So, so the, the, it was just kind of interesting. So I've been reading that book. It, it's a mm-hmm. interesting spin. A lot of the stuff I already really easily relate to, but it's, I, I don't know. I got, 
six books or something here i still need to read i just keep yeah. <laughs> i just keep buying them before i'm even ready but some of them are people i know and i want to support the author i want to support them right so which is pretty great yeah i mean I, i've heard of him i haven't read that particular book i know he's very famous um but there's a, a quote from nietzsche i think it's similar it's like like the man who knows his why can endure any how something like that like if you know your why you can endure any how so yeah, that's that's just a, a truism. It's like it's it's wisdom, right? That's been passed down from generation yeah. to generation. So um, when you look around at the world today, what has stood out to you as, as biggest change in how we interact as customers? Like how we yeah, interact. I think, I think the phone is probably the primary change in my lifetime in the way that we interact as customers. Um, I mean. People are on their phones like all the time now. I try not to be because I'm like pushing away from that kind of dependency on the phone. But, and I'm a late adopter. So I added my credit cards to my, my Google Pay app on my phone just like a year ago. And I use it all the time now. It's the way I prefer to pay if I go to the supermarket or, um, or anywhere. I like to just use my phone to pay. I, I don't like carrying my wallet around. So even that basic checkout experience now is like i prefer it on the phone it's so easy um it's convenient yeah, it is yeah and I just i'm a minimalist so i don't like carrying stuff around either i don't have a watch i don't have accessories and so to not carry my wallet around was yeah it was a bonus for me um, it can't do everything yet right you can't carry your, your driver's license in there um, some of these ids uh loyalty cards and stuff. I, I don't think work on the phone yet, but hopefully we'll, it'll catch up. And we can use the phone to carry all of our ID and yeah, payment stuff. Going well, there's a lot of uh, different, uh, different cultures in the world that have already adopted everything being fully digital. Yep. Right. Yep. And it's obvious that we're heading that way because mm -hmm. currency is just being printed way too much. And, you know, all, all sorts of other things. Right. And it's also the fact that, I mean, I barely pay cash for anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, pretty much all like, you know, we even, what was it? We were at a place the other day and it was like $19 and something cents. And we gave them a 20 and they kind of looked at us like we were weird. And it was like, it's cash, you know, <laughs> it right. still, it still has value. Um, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been getting paid a lot of cash lately. Uh, like people I'm still charging taxes and all that fun stuff. So I'm not like doing shady stuff, but, but yeah, people are using cash lately. So I was like, Oh, cool. I don't know why people are paying cash, but no problem. Like I'll accept it. Right. Hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like that people will e-transfer, you know, you can e-transfer visa, MasterCard, Amex. So many things are integrated nowadays. And it seems like it's a matter of time before a lot of things continue to move more digital because that's how most that's how you pay at most places nowadays yeah no i i don't carry cash um, i have some cash in the car just for emergencies and but the, the only place i use cash that i can think of right now is the car wash and really only for the coin operated vacuum machines at the car wash the actual car wash does take a credit card and then this arcade, which I found recently, where my son can go and play these old-time coin-operated arcade games. 
those are the only two places that I can think of right now that um, would require cash. Otherwise, I don't use cash at all. You're playing like that old school Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat stuff? Yeah, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and these games are hard. I mean, the kid loses in about three minutes and he gets frustrated. But Put another quarter fun. in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Finish him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I grew up on the Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and all that stuff in the day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Uh, we we seen the Simpsons. Uh, London Drugs here in Canada has like these like old school uh, arcade machines, yep. and they have like a they have like a Simpsons machine, uh-huh. and the kid the kids literally sat there playing it, and they're you know beating up people yeah. and stuff on the streets or whatever you know yeah, yeah, my yeah. four-year-old and 11-year-old are sitting there beating people up and i'm walking around the store shopping <laughs> yeah i think they're great just the how physical they are right how, how analog buttons joystick like my son mostly is on the ipad now and he's playing games with like on a touch screen it's just it's a different experience to be able to like move a physical joystick around and push these heavy buttons and yell at the screen and yeah, I think it's it's great. Yeah. And throw the controller, right? That's uh, I mean, <laughs> I've gone through a few Nintendo and Xbox controllers over the years. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Um, so I'm just thinking, if there's one thing you could change in the entire world today, what would it be, and why? So I do think. Um, as I get older, I'm just becoming more reflective and I'm noticing things I didn't notice when I was younger. But I feel like anxiety is just everywhere. Like everyone is anxious. It's just a matter of degrees. Um, it's, uh, and some people have very serious social anxiety or generalized anxiety and they're on medication for it. And it just seems to be like the natural human state where as I think about it and reflect on it, even in myself, I'm like, hmm, there's always that like grumbling there deep inside there's like a little there's that fear like what is that i've been thinking about that a lot so um if i could change something i think um helping people address that that core anxiety that like it's almost inherent it's like something we've inherited it's everyone has it it's it's the reason we we do everything it seems to drive a lot of human activity like 99 percent of what we do is at the bottom driven by this fear or anxiety around maybe um, missing out, maybe uh, feeling insecure financially, um, feeling like, yeah, the bottom will drop out from under us. So it's like that kind of a fear, I think at the center of myself, but also when I look around, I think, huh, I wonder if that's at the center of a lot of other people also. And if there's a way to address that, and cure that, I think, a lot of people will be much happier, much more productive, much more at peace mentally and physically healthier. So that would be um, a great thing to change in the world. Oh, yeah. No, anxiety is definitely a big thing. It's weird. Like uh, in the middle, in the early on in the pandemic, I remember kind of sitting there, I think it was like July or August in 2020 and going, I, I remember having like all this anxiety for like 
two or three weeks. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, what the heck is wrong with me? Right. And then I just started realizing, wow, this is anxiety. I've never had it in my entire life. Like, I don't, well, I don't remember ever getting, I mean, maybe I got anxious, like minor, but I was like, man, like, what is this thing? It just feels like a weight on your chest or something like that. Right. It's very weird. So, I mean, I don't really ever get like that stuff at all. Like I'm, I'm like a very, I would like to say I'm very confident on a lot of things that I do in life. But yeah, I don't, it was, it was very weird, but yeah, I would definitely say a lot of the world right now, you know, you want to post something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or these things. And it's, it's this instant gratification world. And if someone doesn't like it, it's like, why people aren't liking it. And, you know, they're, they don't feel warm inside. Right. So then some people get anxious because, you know, people should be liking my post. Right. Like, you know, because that's, that's, you know, you, you think about it, like, you know, these 20, 25 year olds and, and under are all growing up in this instant gratification world, right. With, mm-hmm. with the, where you post something and somebody likes it or, Hey, you know what? Um, I want to order a cup. Right. And Hey, look, it showed up the next day. Right. You know, while back in the day, you know, I'm, I'm 41 years old. You go to the store. Oh, they don't have that particular cup. So you go to another store and and find that cup right and that's your day your day is going to find that cup that you want to put in in your cabinet right and then next thing you know i can go on amazon and click and it gets delivered tomorrow and now it took me five minutes if that if it even took me five minutes right because that's the world Mm -hmm. we're in we're this instant gratification world right i feel like what you were touching on uh, at the start of that was um where people are looking for their significance. And that kind of goes back to the point I was making about like, a lot of us seem to be driven by fear and like fear of what? And it's like, I think it's tied around like fear of being insignificant. And you can flip that like, we all have a need to feel significant. We all have a need to feel like we are somebody or we are becoming a somebody. All of that, I think it's like tied into what's at the core of all of us, like the core fear, anxiety, uh, of being like forgotten or being found to be a fraud or feeling insignificant. Yeah, and like, it's, it's terrible. I think being driven by that, that need to, to feel significant and to feel like a somebody, to feel better than others in some way, um, I think it's kind of like a, a form of slavery. We're like enslaved to this, uh, this insatiable drive or hunger or growling in us. And it's exhausting. And I feel like as, as I'm getting older and older, that's maybe I'm like becoming more aware of it. Like I didn't realize when I was younger that I was being driven by this, this uh, like hunger or need for significance but it's becoming clear to me and I still can't communicate it exactly. Um, I think it's, it's still all quite tangled up in my head, but I think it's something like that. It's, it seems to be in the middle of me. And I think in a lot of other people, like the work that we do, or I've heard it said another way, the work underneath all of our work is this like work to achieve significance. And 
So here's what I think it is. Okay. So for me, what I've started noticing as a result of being kind of in this networking group that I was kind of bringing to up to you off camera is I've started noticing that a lot of these jobs I worked at, I would have quit anyways. I would have left because what happens is I, I'd work at these jobs. I get to the point where I've done everything I can for them. There's nothing more I can add for value. Either A, they don't want to bring me to that next level by investing in some sort of training or management or whatever, or B, they don't want to give me the, um, the um, sorry, not the skills, the um, responsibility. They don't want to say, hey, we want you to do this, or we're going to allow you to do this so that I continue to bring it to the next level. And because of that, I end up quitting because for me, I want to challenge. And, and I've always had this thing in my head where um, I was meant to achieve something bigger than whatever I was making, whatever I was doing. So I was always constantly driving and striving to push myself to the next level. So I've looked back at my whole life now. And the reason why I've quit a lot of jobs is because first off, I already knew because I wasn't being challenged that I was quitting the job because I wanted another challenge. But I feel like everything, you know, happens for a reason. Everything's brought me to this point of where I'm an entrepreneur, right? Or an entrepreneur, because I'm working in my business as an entrepreneur, right? But everything's brought me here because this is I'm constantly challenged myself every single day. Right. And the other thing that that we've been talking about is what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs get to that point where they're constantly challenged. They build up a business, right? So, like for you, you're building this app, right? So you're gonna get to a point where you're going to be, you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to feel great. You've, you've hit it. It's at the top. You've sold, I don't know, a million subscribers or whatever your, your vision is. Right. And then you're going to, oh, what else is there? Right. Exactly. And what happened? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. And yeah. so I've started with, with, with a lot of training of like kind of the stuff they talked to us about was, you know, let's say I get my business up to, I don't know, $10 million in sales, right? And let's say that was my, my vision to be, you know, $10 million in sales or whatever. And then you get to that point where you're like, well, I'm not challenged anymore. I have a, you know, a CEO that does everything, right? And what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs go and they sell that company. It's gone. They get rid of it. They go, see you later. Okay, I, uh, I don't know. Now that I got my 20 million or whatever when I sold it, um, I have no purpose, right? So now what am I going to do? I'll go build another company, I guess, right? Well, part of what they're saying is you already have a successful business. Sure, you're not being challenged. You already have people in place. So go build another business. You're still making income off the other business. The other business is already successful. Go build another business. And then now your challenge is, is to maintain those businesses, yeah. right? I think I think we're circling back around to the book you're reading now. Like, is it um, something about why? Start with why. Start with why. Like, why? Yeah, what is your why? I think is super important. Um, for me, I I don't want to set a goal for myself. I'm going to be happy then. I'll be I'll be happy when I reach my business reaches a certain size. Um, I'm like fundamentally kind of against that. Like I want to be as happy as I can possibly be right now, and I think I'm getting there. Like I'm pretty happy. I, I feel very thankful for everything in my life. And if, even if my business doesn't grow at all, or even if it fails, um, I don't think my happiness is tied to how things are performing, like how my business is performing or you know, how my career is progressing. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I feel like I just want people to be reflective and be careful. Like, are you being driven by um, like a need to feel like you've arrived, like to feel significant? If I reach 10 million in sales, then I'll be significant. Then I'll be somebody uh, that can be exhausting. And it is exhausting. I think that's it ties into the anxiety that's driving a lot of our work and overwork. It, that, those kind of thoughts have been in my mind for a little while. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. That's awesome. I mean, you know, the thing is, is you got to reflect and think about it. But do you have any final thoughts, final words of wisdom, or um, like maybe give some people uh, some a good way of connecting with you if they're interested in getting the app, interested in, you know, adding some extra value to their business? right? Or to their podcast, if they want to have an easy way for people to connect with their podcast, right? Sure. Um, they can find me at custommobile.app. And Benjamin, I think after the call, I'm just going to make you an app. So you and I will connect and we'll get get that for your business going. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Reach out to me. And I, I just encourage entrepreneurs, um, small business owners, or everyone really to maybe go back to the book you're reading start with why dig it takes a long time to get to like the bottom of why what drives us why we're doing what we're doing and if it is some kind of um, a need for significance some kind of insecurity at the bottom of that don't shy away from that let's look at that straight in the, straight in the eye look at it and see if we can address that in some way um, i'd love to have conversations around that i think it's the most important thing it's awesome Thanks a lot for coming on here, sharing your story, uh, just talking about, I guess, uh, different technologies, different things, talking about the world. And I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Benjamin. Oh, Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Experience podcast. podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Ben, check out Benjamin Del Grosso on LinkedIn at SafeDriveSolutions on Instagram or www.safedrivesolutions.ca online. We'll see you next time.